Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. Thank you for tuning into the Mage as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hello, my mages. Welcome to the first episode. <coughs> and today I'm going to be speaking about the pineal gland. But first of all, I think I'm going to take a moment to talk about witchcraft. Because while I was telling people that I was going to start a podcast about this, they were slightly apprehensive over the word. So I'm just going to spend some time talking about what it means to me, how I view it, and the reasons as to why I created this podcast. Now, there is a preconception about the word witchcraft, and that largely comes from mainstream religions, from the media, from Hollywood. We have all this chatter in the background about it. Now, I believe there is a power in all of us, and it's latent, and it's dismissed, and it's controlled, and it's we grow out of it, and we really lose our connection to that power, and we don't realize truly how powerful we are. And I think in today's world, in the current political climate, cultivating and harnessing and connecting to this energy is really one of the most politically rebellious things we can be doing grounding yourself in that energy and realizing the power that you have it's dangerous to the current systems that we have in place the systems that we've built and that we're clearly outgrowing and that is why it is so distorted and twisted into something that it may not necessarily be by these institutions that seek to maintain power so i do want to share with you tips to improve your spiritual life your craft. I do want to empower people because I think it is so important now. And I made this podcast from a feeling of hopelessness and frustration. So I went to a friend's like a yoga class and before the class started, I just was thinking about, I mean, it was like, I think it was like day six of the year and I was reading about the, the mess in Iran and I was looking at the 
fires in Australia and I saw these pictures and it just looked like hell to me. I, I've never seen flames so high. And I was just waiting for the class to start and I just was thinking about the fires and I just started crying and that is very unusual for me. I was silently crying. I just want to point out. I clawed back any dignity that I could. And um yeah, it, it's very unusual for me to cry. It's very unusual for me to be affected in that way. I'm very practical, grounded, ABCD, this is how it is. To have such a strong emotional effect from something visual, that's that's unusual. And I realise that I have taken a seat, a back seat, in terms of my political involvement and my involvement with the world. Like, I shy away from the news, I keep myself very isolated, and I can't do that anymore. I can't just sit in the back and just not participate. So this is my participation. This podcast where my aim is to empower people and to give something back, really. Now we're seeing the rise of really scary governments, and it's my belief that this is just the death rattles of a generation that is facing its inevitable death. And when that time comes, it is down for us as grounded individuals to step into their place, to take their place, and to build a society that is reflective of the values that we hold. And you can argue that climate change is a myth, that global warming isn't real. However, I think we can all unanimously agree that the way we are living isn't sustainable. We are excessive as a society. We are over-consuming. Uh, over-expanding our limit and our reach. And while we are a part of the problem, we are also a part of the solution. And that is what I really want to focus on. Now, witchcraft to me isn't an evil thing. It is a primordial energy that exists in all of us. And if you are here as a way of looking to fuck up your neighbour, burn your ex-lover, anything like that, then you're not in the right place, I'm afraid. Good vibes only, people. And the thing that I like about witchcraft is that it's a very individual process. It's very tailored to your own needs. If you don't like something, you can leave it out. You can do whatever you want and build something that is meaningful to you, which is different to what personally I'm used to. I mean, I've come from a Catholic background. It's religious dogma. You know, you do things this way, you do this, you do that. Witchcraft, it's completely adaptable to your own needs, and it's it's personal. And I think also that's why it's become popular lately. Now, I've got a quote from the Element Encyclopedia of 5,000 Spells by Judica Illers. It's a really good book, and I remember I read a passage from it, and I was just like, oh my god. So I'm, I'm going to read it to you, and she's talking about magic. The closest comparison one might make is radioactive energy. That too is formless, cannot be seen, touched or smelled, yet its impact is profound and cannot be denied. Marie and Pierre Curie and other early scholars of radioactive energy were visionaries. They recognised the existence of something that others did not. Not everyone believed in their theories, including many very educated people, in much the same way that people say they don't believe in magic. Many thought the Curies deluded, crazy, or just incorrect, at least until the power they sought had been unleashed with too much force to ever be denied. Mary's quest ultimately led to her death, 
Many of her surviving books, materials and tools are so packed with the deadly power into which she tapped that even today they remain too radioactive to handle. The goal of magic is to tap into different energy, an energy so powerful and benevolent that all aspects of life improve. The most potent magical books, tools and materials, just like those books and papers of Marie Curie, hold, retain and radiate their power and energy infinitely. I love the idea of this quote and I love the fact that just because it hasn't been scientifically verified or proven doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So I'm going to move on to the pineal gland and I'm going to start with a disclaimer. So I'm going to be talking about health. Now, I have no medical background. I am a 20-something recording this podcast in my bedroom with a blanket over my head to ensure audio quality. So if you follow this, the consequences are on you. No legal responsibility whatsoever. The episode now does get a little sciency. I quote from research papers and I talk about supplements and hopefully provide you with some useful information that you can use. So bear with. Not every week is going to be as science heavy, but I think starting off with the pineal gland is a nice way to kick off the podcast. Finally, I do recommend some brands and products. Now, I haven't been sponsored and I'm not affiliated. They are just products that I use and that have worked for me. So, let's go. What is the pineal gland exactly? It's basically a gland located in the center of the head, and it's also called the third eye. It is a pine cone shape, and if you actually look at religious buildings anywhere in the world, there is often pine cone symbolism somewhere. For example, I've seen this on Babylonian wall relief. It's in churches, and don't quote me, but I even think that it's on the Pope's staff. I'm pretty sure I've seen a picture of that. Now, many cultures around the world recognize the power of this gland and symbolize it as an eye. And when you actually cut this gland open, it has retinal tissue and it is wired to the area of the brain that processes vision, which to me is really fascinating, like how those ancient civilizations knew this, and we're symbolizing it as an eye is really fascinating. It has been prized as the gateway to spiritual enlightenment, which is why I've decided to start the series with this. In Light, Medicine of the Future, Jacob Lieberman says, Today the pineal gland is recognized as playing a major role in every aspect of human function. It acts as the regulator of regulators, Aside from its documented effects on reproductive function, growth, body temperature, blood pressure, motor activity, sleep, tumour growth, mood and the immune system, it also seems to be a factor in longevity. René Descartes, in his Treaty of Man, describes it as the seat of the soul and the place where all thoughts are formed. We know it produces melatonin, the sleep chemical, and it also plays somewhat of a role in DMT. Now DMT is particularly interesting. It's a hallucinogenic and when we die, it floods our system, and it has a similar structure to LSD. Rick Strassman has dubbed it as the spirit molecule, as per his book, DMT, the spirit molecule, and suggests that the gland actually produces DMT. Now, this is still uncertain, but we know that it plays a role in DMT somehow. Now, as we age, this gland calcifies to the point that it shows up on MRI scans and x-rays. And medical professionals, when they're looking at these scans, actually use it as a marker to identify other parts of the brain in relation to it. Now, calcification usually happens by the time we're 30, 40, or even 50, and that is largely dependent on lifestyle factors, which also plays into geography as well. Within the body, there is something called the blood-brain barrier, 
and basically that is a border that separates circulating blood from the brain. Now the gland is located outside of this barrier, marking it as unprotected, in air quotes. When calcium builds up in the gland, minerals and fluoride are attracted to it, which starts the calcification process. Crystals form and a hard shell is created around the gland, which, if we're looking at Jacob's quote earlier about that it plays a role in growth, body temperature, blood pressure, motor activity, sleep, immune system, having a hard shell around it is worrying. So yeah, not the best. And also I just want to say that heavy metals also play a role in slowing down and hindering the pineal gland. So let's talk about some of the things that we can actually do to help it. Now fluoride can be natural or it can be created via industrial waste. It is through this second method, it's often added to our water, which supposedly helps with dental health. There are many conspiracy theories surrounding fluoride and one I've come across multiple times is the idea that to add it to water was created by the Nazis as they realized it created a more subdued population. Now I just want to pause here. I don't know if that's true. I don't know why it's added to the water as there's loads of research that suggests that it doesn't support dental health. And I don't really want to explore conspiracy theories. I want this podcast to empower people and I often find that many conspiracy theories actually do the opposite. They generate fear, suspicion, which does have a valid place at times, but not here. Not on my podcast. So I've raised a problem and I'm going to supply solutions. Now an obvious one in terms of water guys is filters. And the key here is that you get what you spend. The brand I use is called Zero Water, and you get a little one that measures how many particles per million is in your water. It's expensive, but it, it works. I mean, I live in London, and my area range is, I think it was 132 per million. And fair enough, it can be good particles, but it can also be bad, like fluoride, heavy metals, toilet paper particles. And because I live in London, traces of cocaine. Woohoo! This filter takes it down to zero. Now, do your research and do your best. If you can't afford it, don't beat yourself up. Save, prioritise, and do what feels right for you. Now, organic food is another one. So, our vegetables are sprayed with pesticide that contain, you guessed it, fluoride. So, buying organic as much as possible would be a good thing to start doing. If you're concerned about budget, I get it. Organic food is really expensive. Unfairly so. And there are certain foods where organic isn't as necessary. For example, avocados, bananas, root veg, things that tend to have a hard shell. Generally speaking, there's no need. However, there is a dirty dozen and it's a list of fruit and veg where it's crucial that you buy organic. And I think off the top of my head, strawberries and kale, they're particularly high on the list where you should be getting organic. Um, alternatively, just wash your veg really, really well. Um, bicarb and vinegar are really good at removing chemical residues. If you cannot eliminate it, reduce your intake. Find a way of reducing it. Also, switching to a vegan diet would be beneficial. Our animals are pumped with all sorts of chemicals, including antibiotics, which finds its way into our meat and milk, which we then eat. Now, Dr. Lawrence, in his research paper titled Iodine, a Critical Nutrient, talks about the benefits of taking iodine, as it really is effective at taking fluoride out of your system due to the structures of its molecules. Now, a really good source is seaweed, and I take kelp tablets harvested in the UK, and I mention the location as that is important to get seaweed that is harvested as far away as Fukushima as possible to avoid radioactive contamination. Icelandic kelp would also be a good choice. The brand that I use is called Cryptoplan. 
Pharmacognosy magazine. And yeah, I gave those a Google as it sounds dodgy AF. Turns out they're a legit medical journal. Found that curcumin, a component of turmeric, was effective at removing fluoride and returning, quote, the toxic effect of fluoride to near normal level by augmenting the antioxidant defense through its scavenging property. Basically, the antioxidants unique to turmeric remove the fluoride. The next thing that I'm going to talk about is it's essentially a prehistoric plant mud called shilajit. And from here on out, we're just going to call it shilajit. And it's produced in the Himalayas, and it's usually in the summer when the heat makes the mud more viscous and it oozes out from between rock crevices where it can be easily mined, I guess, or cultivated maybe. It's it's very thick, it's gooey, it's, it, I'm not going to lie, it tastes grim, but you only need like a right size amount um, and it looks like tar. No, I use authentic Shilajit by Lotus Blooming Herbs. It's expensive, but the lower price versions tend to be rip-offs, and they can do more damage than good. So, invest. Invest if you want to. It's rumoured to be given to Alexander the Great by Aristotle, and then Alex supposedly gave it to his highest-ranking generals. It's a cute story, but it's unverifiable. Here's what we do now. Shirley contains over 19 minerals, 15 amino acids, and out of the 90 nutrients needed to keep us going, Shiller contains 84, making it one of the most nutrient-dense substances on the planet. It boosts immunity, recovery from wounds, workouts, burns, it helps with digestive issues, it's basically a powerhouse, partly due to it containing both humic and fulvic acids. Now alone, they are very powerful detoxifiers when it comes to heavy metals and fluoride. Combined together, they pack a punch. Now you can buy fulvic acid by itself, and it's a very powerful decalcifier, but I just decided to go with Schiller, as it seems to do more for the body generally. Now next on my list is Chaga Mushrooms. Siberian Chaga is said to be the most potent. I mean, I was looking at some of the stats for it, and... I think green tea was like 236 antioxidants, whereas chaga had like 2,300. So, I mean, that's that's a huge increase. That's I don't really feel you can ignore that if you want to try and get as much antioxidants into you as you can. We seem to be antioxidant crazy lately. Now, the one I have is Estonian, and I've read online that you can reboil it loads of times and make loads of teas out of it, but what I tend to do is I grind the chunks into a powder, and then I just add water that isn't quite boiled, and I drink it, the, the little grains as well. Why is it good for the pineal gland? Basically because it is the highest source of melanin in the world, which converts into melatonin, which has been shown to stimulate the gland. The other health benefits for this plant are so huge as well. So if you decide to incorporate it into your diet, you are going to get countless other benefits. Eating good quality raw organic cacao, very high in magnesium and nitric oxide, both of which help with blood flow. It also contains anandamide, which is a neurotransmitter that helps stimulate a sense of happiness and well-being. This chemical has a similar impact as cannabis and stimulates the gland. I can't exactly find out why, um, I mean, but I don't need too much convincing to consume more chocolate. Tamarind is the next thing that I want to speak to you about, and it's been shown to expel fluoride from the body. Okay, fair enough, it's two very small experiments, but the results were really promising. Tamarind consumption had a marked effect on a group of schoolboys passing fluoride through their way. Now, I've been doing the tamarind tea thing for a while now, but what I didn't know is that the most beneficial part of tamarind is the shell, which I was initially boiling and throwing away. Going forward, I'm going to grind this into a powder and also drink it. Corella is also good for the pineal gland. 
you've probably come across spirulina, and basically they're, they're algae. Spirulina is very fishy smelling and really great. And Corella is kind of like its sexier cousin, and it's really good at drawing out fluoride and heavy metals. And I've read that while iodine breaks up the fluoride, Corella safely transports it out of the body. Now, you want to look out for a few things when buying Corella because, again, there's cheaper versions and they can really do damage rather than good. So, Corella has a strong outer cell wall, meaning that a lot of the nutrients aren't available when you ingest it. Make sure that the brand you buy is cracked. Now, they do this by firing supersonic sound to crack open the cell walls, which I think is pretty damn jazzy. And also, you want to look out for Taiwan. Um, get this from Taiwan. The waters are clearer. Because the thing about organic farming is, yes, the soil is organic, but no one considers the water. And there's certain rivers in China where Corella comes from, the where, the, where Corella is farmed, where industrial waste flows into the waters. And then Corella is sold as a health supplement. And there's certain brands where Corella has actually put in more heavy metals than it's taken out. So really do your research and make sure that you're buying a good quality product. Finally, boron has been shown to also aid in passing out fluoride. It's found in a lot of nuts, prunes, avocados, and it's really easy to incorporate into your diet. Also, pineapples contain it, particularly the hardcore. So juicing pineapples will be a great way of getting this mineral into your system. So there you have some tips on decalcifying your pineal gland. I hope you've liked this episode and you haven't found it mind-numbingly dull. If you have liked it, please leave a review and rate it. It really helps the show get found. Also, a special thank you to Corral St. Clair for doing the podcast artwork. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Majors Well. Join me next Wednesday for another episode of The Majors Well. Peace out, witches! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.